the 2023 Costa Rica Mission Review, given by March Pelletier and Sam Perez at the Succasuna United Methodist Church, August 20th, 2023. So I, I want to probably start before I get into the questions. I'm going to share a little bit about the commitment that this team made to go on this mission. I think there's, there's also a little bit of a misunderstanding because we did a lot of fundraisers this year um, for the four people that went. It is, um, it does take more money for this mission program with it being an international program, but I do need to emphasize all the participants make a huge personal commitment and cover the cost of their flight to go. So, um, Besides all the fundraising, all of them were able to cover the costs of their flight to travel there. So I personally really appreciate the dedication, the commitment that all of you made to going on this mission. So I want to thank you for that. So I think what I would like to start with is I'm going to, hand, I'm going to be passing the mic back and forth. Um, I'd like Sam to give a very brief overview because this was a conference-level mission program. So Sam, would you mind explaining a little bit about how many people and from which churches? And I also want you to talk about this being um, a mission very near and dear to you and your wife's heart. Thank you, Linda. Yes, uh, my passion for uh, the Rice and Beans mission in Costa Rica started back in 2018 when I was part of, I was a member of the Bishop James UMC in Baskinbridge. And uh, that church already had gone to Costa Rica like for three or four years. So, uh, because I have uh, a call from God to be missioned, uh, I accepted that call and I joined the group for two years. Eunice went the first year. So I went with the church uh, in 2018 and 2019. Uh, after that, Eunice became the DS of the Skyland District. We moved out of the church, and I found the Sakasona UMC. But I still have in my heart that I wanted to go back to Costa Rica one day, that I wanted to lead a team to Costa Rica, because uh, I fell in love with the mission down there. So uh, I came to the mission ministry here in Sakasona UMC, and I uh, placed the seed in their hearts, and uh, like a year and a half later, we started conversations about going to Costa Rica. And I remember talking to Linda one day, and she said, uh, and we had a meeting with the mission team, and I explained to them what it was. And uh, they said, Sam, we support you. If you lead the team, we're going to give you 100% support to take people to Costa Rica. So after that, you know. Uh, I, I took up on myself to lead a team there. Uh, in that process, though, uh, when I started uh, organizing the team here, Pastor Stephen came to me and said, Sam, why don't we invite churches from other, other areas uh, of the district? And, uh, and I said, that's a good idea. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge. It's a good idea. On a separate conversation, Eunice came to me and said, Sam, I want to open this opportunity to the district. I said, okay. Two people, separate occasions, came to me saying, 
let's open this up, this opportunity outside the Sakasana UMC. So uh, I took the challenge and I said, okay, let's do it. And uh, first year that I led the team was last year with a 12 uh, member, 12 members going into Costa Rica, representing eight churches. And this year, again, we had uh, 12 members on the team, four from our church, and, uh, and seven, uh, eight more from other churches, representing eight different churches, not only from the Scaland district, but also from the Meadowlands district, three people from there, one person from South Jersey. So uh, it's been amazing that this mission is expanding not in numbers, but in outreach to other churches uh, in, in, in the Greater New Jersey Annual Conference. So uh, I think this has the potential to grow in the future. It's just a matter of uh, what God has in, 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 in plans for us. Uh, because uh, I believe that uh, this, this mission, on any mission, that uh, is, is God's call in, in people's lives. You know, when, it depends how we respond to those calls that God plays in our hearts. So uh, this has the potential to grow. I have no, no doubt that I'll continue going to Costa Rica, leading teams there as, as long as I'm healthy and I can take people there. It is a passion of mine again, so uh, that's what I can give. So... He, he does deserve applause for getting 12 people organized and through the airport with all their bags, too. So that was, we should have had a video of that alone. Um, so Sarah's video was great because it gave uh, a good view of what was done in terms of work project. But to both of you, um, the worship and spiritual component that occurred each day, not just with offering prayers, but with each other. Um, how, did, how did you find that experience with worshiping with each other? And I'm assuming Fred also joined you on some of those occasions. Good morning, and I want to start by thanking the congregation for supporting this team. It would not have happened without all of you. I felt your love, I felt your support, financially you were there for us. Those are all important components of this mission trip that we took. And Sam, this was not an easy task, not even the 12 of us in the airport, but every stop we made, he had to keep us all organized. He was always counting, yes I have 12, I haven't lost anybody yet, <laughs> so this is a good thing. So uh, it's a big commitment that he's made. Uh, and then for me, a lot of the worship element was um, at the mission center. Each day we would start, one of the missionaries would offer to do a devotional. So we would start with prayer, we'd start with a devotion. Obviously, when we were out in the communities, we were praying with the people there. And that's a struggle for me because I do not speak Spanish. <laughs> so I did the best I could. And again, a thank you to Sam because what I did this year, being the second time, I realized that was an area I wanted to 
put a little more effort into, so I wrote a prayer in English, and I asked Sam if he could translate it to me in Spanish. So at some of the homes where we stopped, um, I think I was on a little team with, uh, with his wife Eunice, so she would explain to the homeowners that I did not speak Spanish, but I had this prayer that I wanted to pray with them. And you could feel their gratitude. And one of my memories, too, I had a similar experience last year. When these people realize that I don't speak Spanish, they turn things around and they try to speak English to me. This time there was a young girl, I'd put her a young teenager, and when it was time to pray at the end, we present the bags to them, we ask them for their prayer requests. She led the prayer in English, again, for my benefit. And then every evening we had a time of worship. Fred organized, I think it was four nights, we had a man who played with his son, Joe and Joey, and they were very good. Uh, they led us in praise music, so we ended with, with songs. So it was beautiful. Yeah, and uh, the blessing of that uh, worship uh, time was that uh, all the songs were sang uh, in, in both Spanish and English. So, and the way he transitioned from one language to the other was beautiful. The spirit that, uh, you know, was upon him every time uh, he, 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 pray, he played the guitar and sang to us, sang with us, uh, it was a beautiful moment. And uh, it was just uh, beautiful to see not only him but his son playing and then the wife coming with him uh, every night to be with us. And Fred always had uh, a devotional for us, some inspiration that uh, he has uh, written throughout the years as he continued to, to, to lead Rice and Beans Ministries down in Costa Rica. So it was, it was a very rewarding experience. One more thing we did, on Sunday we went to worship in Spanish uh, at a local church. And uh, the good thing this year was that they, they bought three weeks ago, translation equipment. So uh, they recognized the need for that because they receive a lot of groups from the United States. So they had translation equipment and, uh, and Eunice uh, ended up translating the sermon, uh, which was a little challenge, but uh, because uh, they speak fast, they use local uh, regional language that sometimes is not easy to relate, but uh, I put Eunice to a challenge. I, I offer her services because I, I know she's good at it. And, uh, but it was, it, was, it was a very hospitable experience too. When we got there, this lady came to us right away and she said, guys, I have translation equipment for you. And that was such a blessing you know, to see that and to see their hospitality. So that was another great experience from the spiritual perspective. So last year when they went, they went in early June, and it was the rainy season. And so last year, um, there was a lot of, I call them slip and slide stories, about trying to deliver in muddy conditions. And this year, I know it was different. And, uh, you know, I was joking with Marge about, are you ready to go back and slide in the mud again? Like, what's drawing you back? to come back this year. So I know you had better weather for this one, 
But Marge, what drew you to come back again? You know, it's interesting. I'm not sure I gave it much thought. I just felt drawn to do it. I didn't think, similar to last year when Sam first presented it, I immediately approached him and said, count me in. And it was more of the same this year. And what I wanted to share, this year before going on the trip, I said, okay, I went last year, I'm going this year, this will be it for me. I've rethought that. I do want to return. <laughs> That's great. I have four people already for next year. <laughs> so uh, right there in Costa Rica, already uh, Lourdes Calle, who came with us for the second year from Butler UMC, she said, I'm going again. And then the, we have a new member, Marinilda Gonzalez. She came from South Jersey, pretty UMC in Roblin. She said, I'm going to be here next year. So we got four. And probably Eunice, five of us. So, uh, yeah. Your wife might reconsider if you keep giving her tasks to translate <laughs> everything. Whenever you do missions, and I know some people may not understand this, but you tend to feel and see the face of God at some point. Um, and sometimes you're looking for it, so you look hard to find it, and other times it appears when you least expect it. So did you see the face of God this year in any particular event? Yes, for sure, in multiple occasions. Uh, right from the beginning, first day out in the community, uh, the second person we encounter, we encounter a man on the street. Uh, he was wandering down the street. He, uh, he kept saying, I live alone down, down the street. I live alone down the road. We never made it to his house, but we... we we gathered with him right there on the street. He was a man on his uh, probably 70s. Uh, and he was just, he felt, you know, he expressed his loneliness to us. We were a group of four or five people. Remember, every time we go to the community, the entire group divides into four or five people per group. So in our case, it was like four or five groups every day going out. So this man came to us uh, just expressing his loneliness and uh, we gave him a food bag, we prayed for his needs and, uh, and he started crying. So it was a beautiful moment. Uh, I gave him a hug and I told him, God is not abandoning you. You are alone, but God is with you at all times. So uh, I pray that his presence is always felt by you because uh, he will never forsake you. So uh, that, was a, that was a great moment on the first day. <laughs> Second day, we went to uh, a farm. I've been there before. I know the conditions there. Uh, part of the community on the left, when you go in, lives in apartments. Well, uh, apartments with an outhouse, uh, outhouses everywhere. The conditions are very, very bad down there. And then to the right, they have houses, 
and I think you saw some of them on the video. And I see one of them in the picture there on the left. Uh, we met a man, my group met a man that has been in Costa Rica for four years, working on the sugar cane plantations and coffee plantations. I learned this year that people are not allowed to work more than five months in a row in that place. But what they do with him, they give him different jobs at the different places of the, of the farm so he can stay. So he's been there for four years. He's from Nicaragua. He hasn't seen his family of five, wife of six. Uh, no, it was the wife and six kids that he had back in Nicaragua. And uh, very, very, very well-spoken man. Uh, he, he's, him, he's by himself in that apartment. So we pray for him and everything. And uh, thinking that we go there to, uh, to give the good news to people, right? At the end of the conversation, he said, uh, I want to tell you something. Nothing else matters in life but our salvation. So as long as we get that, at the end of our lives, that's all we need, salvation in Jesus. Uh, look at this man, you know, with living in poor conditions, missing his family for four years, but he still has his faith that keeps him going. And, and he, he preached to us. Just by saying that, that was a beautiful moment for me, second day on the trip. Um, what I remember was meeting a couple gentlemen who, uh, when we came to the time when we prayed for them, uh, they prayed for, I believe they were brothers who were suffering from different addictions. And you realize how challenging that is in this country, but you could get support. There are meetings you could go to, there are things you can do. But I'm thinking you're living down there in Costa Rica and you've got an addiction issue. Where do you go? What do you do? There just doesn't seem like there's much hope there. So that, that really touched me. And again, the fact that people were willing to pray with me in English for my benefit. Again, as Sam was saying, we go down there and minister to them, and they in turn are ministering to us. Um, something else about the evenings I wanted to share. Again, we had the praise music, and we typically had a devotional by Fred. And this always reaches me because I've always talked about my Uncle Bill who I lost in June. He passed away on my birthday, but he was a poet. And I've saved all of his poems and I want to make copies and give it to my family, make a little booklet and distribute it. But Fred also recited poetry in the evening with us. So what I was thinking that week is this is a man of many talents. He's doing the Lord's work. He's running this whole mission center, which can't be easy. He's writing poetry. He's just a man of many, many talents. So that kind of really warmed my heart. So a lot of times when we do missions work, we come back home and we think of things differently. Um, whether it's the way we approach prayer, whether it's the way we approach church. 
Um, what did you learn about yourself as Christian through participation in this mission project? And Sam, I know you've been doing it for many years in March. You just finished your second year, but was there something different that you brought back this year as a Christian? Yes, for me, I guess, uh, as I pray, now I'm more intentional on my prayers. Uh, I, I tend to concentrate more in intercessional prayers. I have uh, members of my family who are sick. Uh, I see people around me, friends here in New Jersey who are sick and uh, who have been injured recently, so uh, I'll be more intentional on my, on my prayer. Uh, and my devotion also, remembering that uh, there's people in, in need around me, people that need prayer around me, and as part of uh, my family. Yeah, I would pretty much echo that. I think what I've come away with is I need to more actively pray every day. I do get involved in Bible studies here in the church, and that's a good thing, but when I'm on my own, I sometimes feel like I get a little lazy and just it takes a backseat to other things in my life. And I think this experience, seeing the way that people live, I mean, you've seen the pictures. And what I came away thinking is I live in a nice townhouse in Mount Arlington. I am one person in that nice-sized townhouse we would go to these homes that were a fraction the size of my townhouse and there'd be multiple generations living in that home. Multiple children, um, so just the living conditions and just to be more grateful for what I have been blessed with. I want to close out with a scripture um, and as we think about this, about the work that's been done. And this scripture is probably one of my favorites because it talks to how we serve. It's in Romans 8, 28, and it's, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Um, there's a, a lot of different missions activities that we do in this church and you might have, you might lean towards one or the other but I think sometimes too um, it's challenging for people to understand why we even leave the neighborhood like why do you, and, and this is not just about Costa Rica, it's about why do you go to Patterson to the food bank there or you know we used, we went we had several trips after hurricanes where we were in Louisiana at a time of need. And now you fast forward to what's going on in the world just in the last month, like the wildfires fires in Maui. So who would have ever thought you would need to lead a mission trip to Maui for recovery? And yet that's exactly what's happening in our world. So. You need to think of serving as where God calls you, where you have a need. And if you can't go there physically, you find a way to try to support through prayer and through other means to be able to support the work that needs to be done. So 
I just I really want to thank Sam for leading this, but for all the participants, for Marge, for Susan, who can be here today, or Sarah, thank you very much. I know it was um, a lot of work to get there. It was a lot of work going, um, but it was an amazing effort, and we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I echo Marge's uh, uh, remarks earlier. We really appreciate uh, your support throughout the, all these months of planning, all your financial support, your prayers, your participation in fundraising activities. I really felt your support uh, in the months that uh, got us to, to go to Costa Rica. One thing I want to mention, uh, Sarah, you saw the video she put together. That was only a little piece of what she did in Costa Rica. I asked her to lead the VPS team, which was seven of us out of 12 who went to the schools every day to do different schools. She led that team, uh, along with Trisha Massa, a new member of the mission team from Trinity UMC in Pakistan. So Sarah did a wonderful job organizing the, the VPS team, we uh, call it sub-team, uh, to Costa Rica. She had meetings with the team before we went. She organized all the supplies that were there, were given there, all the activities during, during the four days we went to the schools. So Sarah did a wonderful job as a young adult that uh, is growing and her leadership shine in Costa Rica and, and other members of the team recognize that. So I really want to applaud uh, Sarah for her great job and uh, um, I hope uh, I can come on her next year to do the same because uh, she's a great leader. So, um, the hymn we're going to be singing through Alfatori is one that uh, is very popular in missions called Pass It On. So, it's hoping that the, what you've heard today and the experiences of what is needs, the needs that are so great in missions throughout the world. Um, it's a great song to hopefully close this out. So thank you both. <laughs> 